Welcome to another minute of Titanic Minute, another episode of Titanic Minute. I'm your co-host, Rob, and joined as always by my good friends, Joe and Duff. I'm thrilled to continue with this project. (laughs) Anchors away. Uh, We're going to talk about minute 34 of the movie Titanic, the 1997 best picture. Um, (laughs) And in minute 34, the Hockley DeWitt Bucaters dine with Ismay and Andrews. Um, but before we get there, our uh, money CGI shot continues. Duff, you had mentioned uh, earlier this week how this was, it took six months to do. Yeah, in the commentary, Cameron says it was a million dollars and it took six months. He said now it could probably be done for about one tenth of that, yeah, of that, that cost. That checks out. Um, as we said before, Outside of the people, which have that uncanny valley, uh, sort of early motion capture really shows its age in these sequences. Outside of that, I think everything else is great. The, the ship, the steam, the flag, the birds, like everything looks correct. Just the people look like they they don't weigh anything. Yeah, I, I think the boat looks fantastic. Uh, I, I don't really notice. I'm sure if I was in the theater and I saw it again now, I would notice the people more but on a smaller screen it's not a big deal for me at all um i uh, uh, quick aside when i was younger i worked uh a thing where i had to do a cgi flyover uh like a flyover of a county with their like cell phone signals <laughs> like how this how much cell phone coverage was this was in 2000 so this is only a few years after this movie was released. And that was like a minute and a half long flyover. And it would take like a whole weekend to render it every time we wanted to render it. <laughs> like it was like, well, set it to render. Come back on Monday and see if it's done. So I can't even imagine like that's partly I'm sure why this took six months. Because like, just how long it would take uh, the computers to render this out would take so long. Rendering is the worst thing in the whole world. Now this minute we transition away from uh, the spectacle a little bit. And uh, have a seat at the table. Yeah, let's sit down. Um, and we uh, we meet uh, Jay Bruce Ismay and uh, Master Thomas Andrews. Um, and just so our listeners understand, being able to sit at this table is one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. <laughs> See, it's very important to understand how awful it must have been to sit in this beautiful dining room and converse with the designer of the Titanic sipping premium cocktails (laughs) yeah and the owner of the largest uh shipping is it was it shipping obviously it had ocean liners just yeah ocean liners i think yeah a shipbuilding magnate (laughs) and the designer of the largest ship in the world and you're bored in your board um yeah, so uh, uh, Jay Bruce Ismay is the uh, is the owner of the White Star Line. We've talked about him a little bit. Uh, previous um, Heart of the Ocean, Jamie mentioned him. Uh, and he is played by Jonathan Hyde. And then Thomas Andrews is played by Victor Garber. And I will say, uh, if it's not clear, these are two 
real people that existed in the in in the world, and they do look a lot like their historical photos look like these two guys. Like if you look at photos of Thomas Andrews and Ismay, like it looks just like these two. Um, and I have a couple. I have a fun fact about each actor. All right, Jonathan Hyde, who plays Bruce Ismay, he was in a nineteen another another nineteen ninety seven film that came out that year. Guys, you know what it is? Con Air. No, Anaconda. Awesome. Nice. That movie's be- <laughs> that movie's better actually. <laughs> so he's in Titanic and Anaconda. He's the guy in the bandana in Ti- in Anaconda. And I didn't remember the movie that well, and so I Google image searched him, and I found an image of him in a bandana with his mouth open really wide because a s- giant anaconda was staring at him, <laughs> like was, from inches away. That was a good movie. Um, and then Victor Garber, who plays Thomas Andrews. Uh, Fun fact about him, in 1967, he was in a folk group called The Sugar Shop. They had a song that made the Canadian Top 40. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what was the song? Do you know? It, it was a cover of something, but I didn't recognize I didn't recognize it. Um, so I didn't oh, write so it down. Must not be important then. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know it. Not worth knowing. Uh <laughs> Uh, so the, the the big thing at this dinner table is uh, is Mace is that the uh, Titanic is the lar- she's the largest moving object ever made by a man in all of history, which I guess obviously they haven't met my wife, huh? Jesus. <laughs> 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 um, I, that that checks out though, right? I mean, at first I was like, well, it's not the largest object made by man, but he said moving, so I guess. That's the qualifier. You just had to. Uh, I, can I uh, bring up a little ship called Noah's Ark? <laughs> Thank you. Wow, blasphemer, James Cameron. Yeah, that oh, ma- that's got- why it sunk. God's God smote that that ship. Yes. Uh, but at this table, as Joe, you alluded to earlier, Rose is sitting here. She's with her mother. She's with uh, Molly Brown. Molly, her mother might be a bit problematic, but Molly Brown seems like a fantastic person to hang out with. Uh, I, uh, I think Molly Brown would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, I think you Kathy got, Bates would be fun to hang out with. But what you if got? The, well, Kathy Bates wasn't born in 1912, Joe. What if this? What if Molly Brown's character is actually uh, a prequel to Misery? <laughs> okay. Push this forward. I, I literally just came up with it. I'm sorry I haven't fleshed it out for No, I like it. I think this is good. I like this. Maybe. James Conn should have played Jack. <laughs> <laughs> because he could have like matched like he, he him and Fabrizio would have been good together. He's just standing <laughs> at the bow of the ship in a tank top with like a little bit of a godfather throwback. It. Yeah. Yeah. Uh <laughs> So I'm going to set the scene. Uh, you did it earlier, Joe, and I, I sort of interrupted you as I tend to do. Um, she's sitting at the, Rose is sitting at the table with her mother and uh, starts to smoke. And her mom, Ruth, sort of leans in there and lets her know that she doesn't like when she smokes. Now, is she saying, I don't like when you smoke in general, or is it more like this is not the company to smoke? You go to the smoking room or something? I had that I question. I think the former. I, okay. Yeah, I... My guess was that it's not becoming for women to be seen smoking. Yeah, during that time period. Yeah. Because that was like part of the whole like 
I'm sure I'm wrong, but whatever. No one's listening to this anyways. <laughs> um, in like the 1920s, that that was part of sort of the, the that liberation phase, that flapper uh, image yeah of like smoking and drinking and wearing somewhat more revealing clothing so james cameron thinks that he is establishing rose as a somewhat liberated figure but he is failing completely by making her just seem like a spoiled 15 year old yeah because her response to her mom is just to smoke just to blow smoke in her face <laughs> Yeah, and like, we don't know enough about her mom to like for that to be okay. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, at this point, we don't. I don't know. Um, I'm I'm disagreeing with both of you guys in that. I I thought that was a pretty cool move. Was what? Like, Why? I thought it's like Brando and the Wild One. Just what do you what are you rebelling against? What do you got? <laughs> but she, like, <laughs> it doesn't work. She's cool be- and aloof. No, no she's because not. she if she was cool, she wouldn't be there in the first place. She doesn't need to be there. Yeah, she's all this stuff that. like people telling her what to do all the time. Like she doesn't actually have to do any of that stuff. Yeah, Dolph, there's no such thing as a free lunch. I'm not what? I don't understand. You're you just defended me and I don't get it. <laughs> no, um, she's getting she didn't want to miss that, out on that lunch. I think that she comes off as cool. I I don't I don't think she does at all. Like she is clearly j- just as into money and the finer things as everybody else. Like she's like hauling around those Picassos. Like okay, may- maybe the character could have been cool, but James Cameron blows it by just having her like so clearly enamored. Smoke. So clearly enamored with material things as anybody else is. Look at her clothes. She's collecting fine art, which I, in and of itself, that's okay. But with all these other things, it's like she just all I'm saying she's is just that, a different kind of rich person than all, they are. All I'm saying is the one act of her like blowing smoke in her mom's face is kind of badass. I'm not saying I I like you, all the things you just said. I agree with. I'm just saying isolated this one incident. I think she comes off as pretty cool. If she's cool, well, she and the, 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 the let, let's holder. dive into the smoking. smoking. Is let's cool. dive into this. You know what's cool? <laughs> okay, let, let's address that. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about this minute. All right. Is like this is one of the last. This is in the t- the the dying days of the tobacco industry's hold over the movie industry. Yeah. And th- they're not too many years after this one where you could still use smoking as like an act of rebellion. To make it look glamorous. Yeah. Uh, and and it, you, you never see that anymore and it's kind of interesting like the way that and 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 it's this is good the way like smoking has entirely disappeared as a thing that cool people do like you yeah. look at um stranger things that that that's a really rare uh, and, and and the reason we see it is because it's set in the 80s and it's an homage to the 80s where you see characters just most of them just smoking casually it, yeah. it just isn't the case anymore. Yeah, and also, uh, depending on y- where you live in the country, um, Minnesota's had a smoking... We're into our second decade of a smoking, total smoking ban. And Wisconsin... Well, it's not a total, total ban. smoking ban. You can't get smoke <laughs> wait, wait, in your what? house. What do you mean a total well, smoking ban? <laughs> I, a, to- a smoking ban in public places. Like, yeah, you okay. can do it in your house. but at- You can smoke on the sidewalk. Mm. No, they arrest you for that, Joe. <laughs> I was impl- okay. no, I, I should have 
I, I I'm just used to people saying smoking ban. No, and they, that's what they use all around. I know what you yeah. mean. I'm yeah. sorry. We shouldn't yeah. be so mean to you, Duff. You're, yeah. you're the good okay. guy. One time Rob. you guys will apologize to me someday. We earn it. <laughs> we'll do it. Uh, so I think back, and just the idea that growing up, um, you know, we would go to a restaurant or something, and it's like, oh, smoking or not. And just thinking now about what a ridiculous notion that was, that there was yeah, like yeah. some invisible line where smoke's like, oh, nope can't go there that like there was two different sections of the baker square (laughs) yeah i was thinking about perkins (laughs) denny's yeah yeah they would be smoking or non and as if you know sitting in the non section night after night if you were a waitress or standing in that section that that's the section that won't kill you and give you secondhand emphysema Maybe that's what happened. Maybe she's sitting in the in the Duff, smoking section right here. Duff, roses. If, uh, if, like, if you no. don't like it, you don't have to work there. No, that's true. Should have made I that. I can't believe that was actually a thing people said when they debated this. And if you still agree with that, come at us uh, at Titanic Minute on Twitter <laughs> or Facebook, and I'll have a lot of things to say to you. Yeah. Um, if your state has not banned smoking in public spaces, your state is bad. Just throwing that out there. And it doesn't care about you and wants you to get cancer. Okay. We've departed from the main thesis of the podcast, which is to talk about the classic We're not going to get that Philip Morris sponsorship, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Well, until Silicon Valley, like, disrupts the tobacco industry and makes smoking hip again, yeah, there's not going to be any money in it. All right. (laughs) Eventually, they'll come up with something. So, guys, question. Are you ready to go back yeah, to the we're Titanic? Ready. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. I'm ready to go back to Titanic. Are you? <laughs> I guess. Okay. Those are all my notes for this minute. <laughs> so, okay. Here's what. Here's here's the last thing. This is a good wrap-up uh, comment slash question. So this whole movie is kind of a, a love letter to the Titanic, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think James Cameron was motivated to tell a love story. Like he's just trying to find some narrative to build around him wanting to spend enough money to probably cure a major disease on a movie about the Titanic sinking. Yeah. If not the Titanic, uh, the sea in general. So he, in this movie, from a guy who loves the Titanic so much, the way he. And the second, like the okay, the third scene where we see one of the key protagonists, the way he develops her, is by creating a scene where it's punishment to sit by the guys who fund and design and build the Titanic. Okay, and then uh, I find that so thoroughly odd <laughs> because do you think how much do you think James Cameron would pay to be able to sit down and talk to those guys? Yeah, that's a yeah, that's, that's a, a good point. I I just find that so deeply strange. Yeah, I it's weird because I overall I like Rose in Titanic. I we are why? on minute we are hold on we're on minute thirty four, and I cannot think of why. <laughs> because uh, so far, you know, we've already talked about the present day scenes, but she's just been awful. Uh, everything we've seen of her since getting to Southampton as well. So like, it's, well, the, 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 the reason is because everything we've seen so far, if you were like 19 or younger, 
none of this stuff would bother you because like you you you, uh, that behavior seems normal and it's the same sort of behavior you engage in just sort of like being antagonistic towards older figures just for the sake of it because you're angry of full of angst yeah the problem is is it's written by a man who's in his 40s and it's just it doesn't work that that's why this the movie this movie's popularity is so strange to me because so much of the funding like the budget or not budget excuse me the box office returns is fueled by adults <laughs> who are watching this I, I just can't believe that there's people who are like 40 watching this first 30 40 minutes and just being like this is good I, I just cannot believe it but I think the length of the movie helps on that because by the time you know once we hit uh, the iceberg it's the greatest disaster film ever made does this movie pass the Bechdel test uh, first know. in case Never. anyone doesn't know Rob you want to explain what that is yeah, the Bechtel test is essentially, and let me know if I'm wrong on this, but to pass it, you need to have two female characters have a conversation that's not about a male character. Yes. Um, I'm thinking, and I want to say no. There, yeah, we'll have, to, we'll, have to, we'll have to see. There might be a scene with her and her mom, potentially, but I think they talk about Cal, so it might not work. And shout out to her mom, uh, who was just coming off of a relationship with Clint Eastwood at this time. Oh, really? Oh, they, they were together for like five or six years, man. Oh, I had no idea. They had a child had... together. Clint, East, Clint Eastwood might, uh, I think he's uh, gunning at the the number, the record of ex-wives, like for James Cameron. I think well, they were never far. married, but they had a child together. And, and she was in a bunch of his movies. She was in Unforgiven um, and a few others. I can't remember the other ones off the top of my head, but but yeah, so she, it's her first appearance in the film is in this minute, and uh, she's very good at playing deeply unlikable uh, the, the female characters, which her mom sucks in this movie a lot. Yeah, Frances Fisher, to to use the actress's name. Um, so you guys, oh, uh, go ahead, Duff. So first of all, all all the points you make about Rose being awful they're you're not wrong um and i'm start i think i knew this ahead of time too but i feel like my uh love of kate winslet and kate winslet in this role uh and how it affected me at age like 14 15 as being a huge crush has shielded me from (laughs) rose's awfulness and i I guess okay i I think i I I think i'm seeing it almost for the first time like through this lens and because i I had a huge crush on her back in the day part of it is she's not fun now right like that's kind of the point is like jack like meeting jack helps her become who she wants to be Mm, yes because you do need to meet a man to teach you i'm I'm, (laughs) that's not i I guess my my problem with this sequence is like james Cameron doesn't have her uh well in the next minute she does a little bit say something interesting but all everything um up up until the next minute where she kind of says something smart is just her either doing like uh, the the smoking in the face which is such a uh, mean thing to do or complaining about things like like he establishes her as being different from them by complaining 
which I, th- I just find kind of <laughs> like misogynist a little bit like that. That's the way he establishes her as like someone who is independent from them, but needs to develop in some key way through just basically being spoiled and whining. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't feel like I'm articulating myself very well, no, but it, it just does. It bugs me. You're not wrong. Uh, and I think as we go through this movie, we need to see how, how she changes or if she does. And if, and if like if Duff and I are just shielded by uh, seeing this when we were younger, or if we're just this is breaking down because we're watching it minute by minute. Yeah, it's. I feel like at some points it's going to be some of both, and then it'll be really confusing. <laughs> yes. Uh, do you guys have anything else for this? We've gone. We've gone no, pretty long. This I'm a little thirsty. Let's uh, let's put a stop to this and let's bring it up again for uh, Happy Hour Friday. Excellent. Sounds let's do good. that. Um, for our listeners, if you could, you should go to iTunes and give us a review for Titanic Minute. Those are good. Even negative reviews will be something for us to read, me to read. They don't care. Um, <laughs> and uh, we will be back tomorrow for Happy Hour, Minute 35 of Titanic. Um. Um.